वेलकम टू हॉप रेडियो एंड एनडीटीवी हॉप लाइफ प्रोडक्शन Welcome to Combating Coronavirus the podcast where we talk about the global struggle against COVID-19. I'm Deepak Maggi and I'm Priyanka Pant. Today we're looking at how the world is bracing for the second wave of the coronavirus outbreak. So when you look at the scholarship that has been generated so far on how to best handle an outbreak of COVID-19, the common advice seems to be that you go on a lockdown so you impose restrictions on movement and you ensure social distancing, you test massively and you figure out exactly how many cases you have and then you isolate those cases so as to not have them spread. So these three steps taken together seem to be the magic pill to bring down COVID-19 numbers. But how long do you have to keep doing this? So we look at the case of Hokkaido, right? Uh, Priyanka, what happened in Hokkaido? So the case of Hokkaido is really interesting. Hokkaido is an island in Japan, which was until very recently seen as a success story in how to contain COVID-19. So what they did was they were the first region in the country to declare a state of emergency. They did it independently as a prefecture. So. the rest of the country was sort of going about things as normal in hokkaido they immediately shut down schools workplaces had people work from home so they managed to contain they managed to trace and isolate the virus so they did that in late february and within a month or a little less they were down to only one or two cases a day which then led them to lift the state of emergency on the 19th of march so schools reopened by april things were kind of seeming to get back to normal except what happened was This week the state of emergency was reimposed after a second wave of infections. So only 26 days after they lifted emergency for the first time they had to impose it again. This really indicates that even if you're successful with a lockdown, even if a lockdown works, after you lift it and life goes back to quote unquote normal, you really lose the ability to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And COVID-19 seems to linger for quite some time, right? The common idea going around has been that it has a 14-day incubation period. So after 14 days if you show no symptoms, you're fine. But recent results from Kerala have shown that in 5% of cases the virus can incubate even after more than 20 days in kerala they had a case that incubated after 26 days so it's really hard to track who has covid-19 and who doesn't unless you pretty much test everyone which is for many logistical reasons not possible even in the best of places so if you lift a lockdown which has been successful you still then see a second wave of covid-19 infections which hokkaido saw and many other places have seen it's interesting that you mentioned testing dipit because in japan that's actually been a really controversial part Previously Japan has called widespread testing a waste of resources yep. saying that they were afraid that hospitals would be overwhelmed by people who tested positive for the virus but weren't showing severe enough cases to be hospitalized. Yeah. The interesting thing in Japan also is that the testing for COVID-19 takes place in local health centers so it's not enforced by the central government. Right. And what a lot of local health centers have said is that they're unprepared they mm. simply don't have the number of people to be doing these tests mm. and they're terrified of being overwhelmed just by the number of cases so you know there there is controversy there in that if you're just simply not testing enough people mm. you simply cannot keep track of you know who has the virus and who doesn't especially if they're asymptomatic and 14 days isn't enough to make sure that you're not a carrier of the virus yeah so widespread testing seems to definitely be a requirement so even if you do everything else right 
and you don't test as many people as possible, you really cannot stop the spread of COVID-19 in any meaningful way. It's not just Japan, right? There's other yeah. countries in the world yeah. that are that are seeing this second wave of infections. Yeah. So another example is, of course, Singapore. So Singapore did not even impose a lockdown to begin with, right? They shut off transport really early. So they shut off all incoming flights. They isolated the cases that they did have. And for a while, they were really not reporting any cases. So they saw no need to go into a lockdown. Schools remained open. Workplaces remained open. But now they have had to impose an emergency of sorts where they have shut down a public movement and ask people to stay in because they had a second wave of cases. And even after doing everything right to begin with, they really couldn't stop the spread of COVID-19. And Hong Kong and Taiwan have seen sort of similar examples where, you know, things seemed fine for a while, you know, the pandemic seemed under control. And then suddenly in March or at the end of March, they saw a jump in new infections. Many of these cases were actually people who were returning home from abroad. And so what happened was then in addition to Singapore, Hong Kong and Taiwan also banned international visitors. And those people that are returning home who are residents undergo that 14 day quarantine. Yeah. What does that mean for us here in India, right? So we're in the middle of a lockdown. We really cannot meaningfully say where we are on our graph. Are we at the peak? Are we not? We don't know yet. We are averaging around a thousand cases per day, give or take, but we can't say whether this is India's peak or not yet. What this does seem to mean is that even when we do subdue the spread of COVID-19 somewhat, if this lockdown works and if we bring down the daily case toll, we're still going to have to keep up our social distancing and, you know, staying in as much as possible. One place that, you know, the entire world is looking towards to see what happens after lockdown restrictions are eased is, of course, China's Wuhan, you know, where the coronavirus or this COVID-19 pandemic began. They lifted the lockdown after a very severe and strict lockdown, but they have done it with multiple restrictions still in place so that if a flare-up does occur, it can be immediately be contained. Yeah. They're still, you know, doing extensive testing. They're still doing contact tracing. They're still encouraging social distancing to yeah. make sure that they're able to contain the outbreak. And that seems to be the general advice everywhere, right? So whether you live in India or whether you live anywhere, I think a lot of things in life that seem normal are not going to happen for a while. Even if we are successful in curbing this wave of COVID-19 infections, we will have to keep our guard up until we have a vaccine out there. And we'll have to get used to this new reality of sorts for at least a while. Absolutely. I think on that note, we have to end on good news. Yes, desperately because, needed you know, even, I Even amid this pandemic, there's some wonderful, wonderful, heartwarming stories that are coming out from around the world. And this has been something that really, really just made me smile. There's a 99-year-old World War II veteran in the United Kingdom who has raised 20 one million pounds for the National Health Service. And he did this by just walking a hundred laps in his garden. But he uses a walker because he's yeah, 99. Yeah. Just just to help build image in your mind. This man is of course 99 years old. He uses a walker to get around. He looks really frail, but of course is not. He walked laps in his garden. He set a goal for himself to complete a hundred laps before his hundredth birthday. And he asked for donations to the NHS, the National Health Service of the UK. More than 700,000 people from around the world donated, which is incredible. Um, And that includes people like there were were multiple celebrities, the British royal family, the Duke of Cambridge, Prince William also donated an undisclosed amount. Yes, He got you know, lots of love and support from even the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Yes, and the entire country has basically been behind him for a while now. And it's really, really just very heartwarming to see. And so I think we can all take lessons from his spirit because we're going to need a lot of it. 
And that's a wrap on this episode of Combating Coronavirus. This is Deepit Maggie and Priyanka Pant signing off.